welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast, The Relationship Rebellion, where we go deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, dating and relationship coach at Manifest Consulting. And in today's podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about your relationship readiness. I called it Ready, Fire, Aim, which I thought it was pretty funny. Do you ever wonder what you were actually looking for when you were online dating or what you even want in your life, maybe after some heartbreak or failed relationships? Are you hoping that just jumping online or having somebody put your profile up there that by osmosis or just by being on there that you're going to find your perfect match? I feel dating without clarity is a fast path to getting nowhere. I'm finding it leads to dissatisfaction and disappointment in the online process itself. This episode will give you some suggestions on how to know what you want in a partner and to know if you have what it takes to go out there and be successful in the online dating scene. What do you need to be a confident and competent dating master? Well, I first went to the statistics online. And on datingadvice.com, I found 34 interesting and surprising online dating statistics in 2021. And I was pretty surprised. And one of the first ones on there, and I talk about probably statistics from a long time ago about our alarming divorce rates. And the CDC has reported that actually it's somewhere between 40 and 50%, where it used to be well above 50. So that's exciting. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why things have changed, um, but that feels very positive. But one thing I did notice on one of the online dating statistics was talking that one in 10 um, online daters give up within a month. And I just wonder if it's these people who haven't put a lot of thought in it, who haven't put great pictures of themselves or put out enough information on them or are even clear about what they were looking for and not getting the reception that they wanted. So some online dating apps are trying to do something about this retention rate since one in 10 actually drop out. So perhaps that the one in 10 are the people who aren't satisfied with online dating. But it just makes me wonder if we put more into it, if we'll get more out of it. So on with my optimism and the 34 interesting and surprising online dating statistics in 2021. Over 70% of app users have successful first dates. 
So Hinge has this great reputation as a relationship app, and they often ask their active users about their experience with dating. So far, over 90% of users have reported they've had a good time on their first date, and 72% said they would go on a second date if asked. I'd say that's pretty significant. Another research study done by Bumble said that on their site, fewer than 1% of Bumble women are seeking a hookup. This was really surprising, but overall on Bumble, 4% of users said they were on the dating app to find casual sex. And over 80% of this app app's users said their ultimate goal was to find a committed relationship. Statistic gathered by the Pew Research Center made some significant discoveries. The majority of online daters have overall a positive experience. About 14% of U.S. adults said their online experience was very positive, and 43 said it was somewhat positive. It's interesting that singles with advanced degrees were more likely to say they had a good time in the swiping scene than their less educated counterparts. Interesting, 63% versus 47 But the researchers did not find anything statistically significant um, in their online assessments by race, gender, or ethnicity. Another one, online daters tend to be optimistic about swiping. About 62% of online daters, again by the Pew Institute, agree that relationship start online are just as likely to succeed as any other relationship whereas 52% of non-app users said the same thing. One out of three online daters said dating sites and apps have been a good thing for modern-day relationships, and only 21% of non-app users agree with that. Couples who meet online report greater relationship happiness. A neuroscience Researchers conducted a survey of over 19,000 people who got married between 2005 and 2012. This study found a positive association between online dating and relationship satisfaction. Uh, Respondents that met their spouses online had higher levels of happiness in their marriages than those who had met through traditional means. Couples who meet online were also less likely to break up or get divorced, according to this study. With this optimistic research, why are people still feeling that online dating is a struggle? And that one in 10 of people who drop out obviously aren't in these studies because They haven't stayed online dating for any amount of time. I have not met too many people who say, I love being online. And I even come across more people that say, I can't wait to get off. So either people are embarrassed to say they like it and will only do do it during studies, or there's something to leverage 
these statistics in your favor. I feel that not everybody shares this optimism about online dating or even on a deeper level feeling like they have to wade through all these profiles to meet somebody and going on all these dates, will it bring them a lasting long-term relationship or marriage? And each of us have our own personal blocks to finding love and finding the love that you want. And that is part of the human experience because we all have different bio, psycho, social experiences in our lives that cause us to see the world so differently, to see love so differently. But again, going back to how do we leverage these statistics in our favor? It is up to us personally to get into mental and emotional shape, to actually enjoy the process and have the ability to make the right choices that are in your best interests. There are many people out there, the walking hurt, like the walking dead, who have many reasons why they feel this way. Online dating can cause emotional wounds if there are some painful experiences like getting ghosted, lied to, or taken advantage of. While these can wreak havoc on your self-esteem and your belief in finding someone who is honest and trust, trustworthy and really wants a long-term relationship, you are not alone. But I have devised some questions over the years for self-reflections for myself, for my clients, and for my friends that can create some clarity on your readiness to head out there onto the dating platforms or put you out there in search of a relationship. And again, I'm going back to it's so important that we know. One of my favorite sayings is hurt people hurt people. So if you're still carrying around grief or anger about a past relationship um, or you have self-esteem issues, you're only going to go out and hurt yourself and hurt other people. These questions, too, are devised to see where the places where you need to heal. And taking that advantage of taking that time to heal so you can be your best self. And you will have the clarity in meeting the person of your dreams. So feel feel free to jot these questions down and journal about them later. Or as you listen to the podcast today, just think about your answers in a reflective way. Whether you're sitting down and joining us, cleaning, or parenting, whatever that you are doing right now working. So the first one is imagine being out there dating. What do you feel? What is your first reaction? Is it excited, optimistic? Does it sound like fun or does it sound like torture? 
Does your energy drain when you think about putting yourself out there? Your first thoughts and your reactions will tell about your readiness to date. And obviously, this is a big one, and you can take this a little bit further about what aspects need to be looked at, grieved, healed, forgiven in order for you to be ready to go out there and date. Number two, are you over your past relationships? And again, have you given yourself ample time to grieve and take those valuable lessons from the past in order not to recreate it? Some people avoid those painful emotions of grief by jumping right into another relationship or situationship. Grief is difficult, but it's also necessary to honor your experience and necessary to clear the slate and learn for that new love to enter your life. The third question, do you have a loving relationship with yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you know your value? Because not knowing your value will often get you to choose people that aren't right for you or won't treat you the way that you should be treated. Are there habits or beliefs that you know you need to change but struggle to not knowing where to start in creating said change? And there's always that saying, you cannot love anyone else if you don't love yourself first. It is sometimes easier not to go deep on that one and see what has led up to the lack of self-love or even disdain for certain parts of yourself. It's sometimes easier to focus on someone else or a fun relationship than healing yourself, but it is so very important. Four, are you aware of your part in the problems of past relationships? It's so easy to blame your ex for all the problems in your relationship. There is a great deal of worth in looking at your part of the problems in the past. When you look at patterns of the past, you will see the part that you have played in it. You have to be honest with yourself, and it's so easy to blame our ex for all the things that they did to us, but look at the behaviors that are in a pattern or that showed up in all your relationships. When you know this, you can also cut that behavior off at the pass or share it with your new partner. We all have relationships obstacles. We all have unconscious things that sabotage our relationships or our ability to be happy. Number five, do you truly have what it takes to be the partner that you are seeking? That you want the things that you want in someone else? And be honest with yourself. Are you lonely? Are you bored? Are you horny? 
It's so important to be honest with yourself. I had a man that I dated say to me when we were talking about this topic that for a long time, he thought he wanted a relationship. And when he'd get some intimacy with a woman, it was over. And he said it was hard for him to admit that he just wanted some casual relationships at that time and he wasn't ready for it. So being honest saves a lot of hurt for yourself and a lot of hurt for other people. If you're not honest with yourself about your readiness for a relationship, you can leave a long trail of hurt and resentment. I remember when I was first divorced and ready to date, but just noticing patterns in other people. Many of the men out there who were newly divorced, I would often say, I don't want to get involved until you've had some time to grieve and to know what you want, exactly what we're doing here. And a few of them convinced me that they had grieved what happened. It crashed and burned when things got too close or something reminded them of the their ex or they started missing their ex, it crashed and burned and I ended up getting hurt. But the irony is I'd always get that call a year, year and a half later, like, I'm sorry, you were right. Will you go out with me again? And unfortunately, because of the crash and burn and the bad taste it left in my mouth, I wouldn't go out with them again. But definitely learned a very valuable lesson there. Number six, do you know yourself and are you comfortable being yourself, your authentic self in all situations? Have you accepted your strengths and your weaknesses, your humanness? Are you comfortable being honest about maybe not liking country music or never climbing a 14er? What kind of Colorado am am I? Do you find yourself finding it more important for people to like you rather than you risking showing your authentic self? And are you okay if somebody doesn't find your authentic self attractive? And doing this causes problems down the road when your real self comes out. We can only maintain those little white lies for a short time. And eventually, as the relationship develops, they come out. And that is the part where people say, oh my goodness, you've changed. Actually, you haven't changed. You just got comfortable enough to become real. The truth always comes out in the wash. Seven, are you optimistic about finding love in online dating? So what we think, we create. So asking yourself, are you optimistic about it? Do you feel that you will find someone? Do you believe you will have fun meeting new people and dating? Or do you believe that you are going to get hurt? Or do you truly believe that you will find the love you want? 
This is apparent in subtle ways. It's funny because people often put on their profile who they want to be instead of who they really are. I had a friend share that he thought he had met this really positive woman. She said a lot of positive stuff on her profile. But when they actually met and went on a date together, she was all fear and negativity. And he was shocked. But by the end, he's like, I can't wait till the date is over. And I think we don't even realize we do these things. So it's important that we really look at this. And I don't know her, but maybe she should take some time and see where the fears are coming from before she goes out and dates. Number eight, are you resilient enough to deal with the ups and downs of dating? Do you feel strong within yourself? Or do you feel outside negative feedback or your perception of the negative feedback is going to really rock your world? An example is feeling really connected to someone while talking on the phone and then not having the same connection when you meet in person. Or perhaps feeling like you've met an awesome match. He or she is, from what you know so far, what you've dreamt of. But having them not feel the same way. And how about going on a series of dates where no connection emerges, no second date happens? But this is the time where you need to take a break. It's being resilient, not letting these things deter you from feeling good, from enjoying the other things in your life, or going back online after you've taken the break. And nine, last but not least, are you ready to allow a relationship to unfold in natural order? Or if you really like someone, do you feel like you have to jump on it and bag it in order to keep it, in order to secure it? Are you in that place where you're able to trust the process? And this goes back to not having all your happiness derive from one person or one relationship. It's keeping your life alive in many other different ways. I hope you got something out of these reflection questions. They can go pretty deep. And there are several ways that you can go back and use these self-reflection questions. Now that you heard them once, you can go through them and see what comes up. You can also get a piece of paper and write down thoughts that come up that you can go back to later and expand on. And in that way, too, you can listen to each of these and write them down in a journal and sit down and take time on each of them or take time on the questions that really sparked something in you. Another way you can use this is that you can talk with your friends 
go ahead and have a conversation about each of the topics and see what they think. Um, and it's fun to go back and forth and both answer the question if you have a single friend. Now, these questions weren't to make you feel bad about where you are in the journey or feel bad because you're not ready to go out and date. You're not solid and grounded in your own relationship with yourself. And now is an opportunity to take and focus on that relationship with you. Take the time and steps to grieve, heal, love yourself, and become clear on being the best partner that you can be. You may also know that you are just ready to get out there and date, flirt, and try on meeting new people. The key is just to be honest with yourself and the people you meet. And then speaking of honesty, there are consequences to just going out and dating with bad intentions of using people to make yourself feel better about you. Don't get caught up in that game. Don't be reckless with other people's feelings and emotions, and especially when you're not interested in them. If you find that these issues or obstacles run deeper than you yourself or friends can move through, that is what dating and relationship coaching is for. That is what I do. It's important that you keep the relationship with yourself number one. Sometimes our old patterns of dealing with things don't work anymore, and we need help of a professional. Sometimes coaching or therapy, depending on how far back or how deep the obstacles or issues go. Let me help you become relationship ready, saving your time, saving you pain, and getting the love that you deserve. If you'd like to know more about me, my dating and relationship coaching, or the services I offer, or you just like to drop me a line about the podcast, you can get a hold of me on my website at Manifest Consulting LLC. Well, it's that time to end the podcast today. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton of Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion, where we go deep into issues related to love, relationships, and dating. Please subscribe so you can be the first to hear the new episodes when they're released. And don't forget to tell your friends. I so appreciate you taking time to spend with us. I know you have many other choices with the myriad of podcasts out there. I'd like to leave you with one of my small but favorite quotes. Love is the only true power.